This is Surya Fernandez with the Fox Sports Florida Miami Heat podcast. I'm here with Sun Sentinel reporter Ira Winterman. How's it going and how are your holidays? Holidays are good. I'd say right now it's probably going better than it's been going for the Heat for a while now. <laughs> right, right. And speaking of which, what exactly happened again in that Houston Rockets game? I mean, they they played well in the first quarter, and then what exactly happened in that second quarter? They they could not overcome the the Rockets' hot shooting, but was there much more than that? Yeah, I, I think there was. I, I when you look at the first quarter, Dwight Howard didn't score, and it's almost as if Kevin McHale, one of the great big men of all time, said. Them, small. Us, not so small. Go inside, score. All of a sudden, he has that big second quarter, gets going gets going on the boards. Even before that, you saw them when they were posting up Danny Granger when Eric Spolster tried to play him at power forward. I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I think there's a reality with the Heat. Maybe, unfortunately, there are certain teams that are not good enough to beat anymore. And, and I think it's become a pick-and-choose sort of time in their schedule to realize this game, this game, and this game, you can compete. This game, this game, and this game, probably not because of where they are right now. Look, this, this was not a shock, what happened in Houston, because it happened against the Rockets when they previously met at American Airlines Arena. Right. And, and, and that power rotation with, with Birdman starting and Whiteside providing, uh, you know, decent minutes off the bench, is that, is that enough for most teams not featuring Dwight Howard? You know, yes and no. The one thing I liked about Eric Spolster's offenses during the four years in the finals is the way he would phrase everyone is live on the offense. So when you had Chris Bosh at the five, and whether it was someone like a Shane Battier or, or someone else at the four, and the reason he didn't play Udonis is all five guys could score. Even now when Eric Spolster talks about Birdman and to a, to a degree Hassan Whiteside, he'll even say he's playing well on lobs. So all of a sudden the Heat big men score only one way. They score at the rim, either on lobs or put back offensive rebounds, and I think the Heat's finding themselves playing four on five. You can get away with playing four on five when you're four or playing at the top of their game. When your point guards aren't playing well and you're playing three on five, I think that's what we're seeing get exposed right now. Do you think that point guard play is the biggest reason for this, this current slump? Is there more to it, or are there several well, factors? When your defense has fallen to 26th in the NBA, it's team defense. And I think the Heat in the previous four years, knew they could have lapses. They could let a couple of plays go. As Eric would phrase it, take possessions off. They can't this year, but I think some guys still have the muscle memory of the previous four years where, okay, they got one, and the guy will raise his hand. It it always gets me when a guy raises his hand, he goes, my bad. The Heat can't afford any more my bads. This is not a roster built for my bad because LeBron will take care of it on the next possession. And that's where the Heat are right now. That Norris Cole can't just, you know, pound his chest and go, yeah, that was me. Or Mario Chalmers, I shouldn't have gone for that steal. Eric Spolstra has to get this team to play every single possession as if it's meaningful. And for some of these guys, that simply hasn't been the case for four years. And, and, and what do you make of Napier's second assignment to the, to the D-League? Because, uh, you know, he was kind of that different uh, kind of player off the bench, a different type of pace. Now they don't have that, at least for the short run. Sure. Um, can can he come back at a, you know quickly and kind of help turn this around, or do are they just going to stick with with Cole and Chalmers for the time being and and hope for the best that they kind of get past this uh, current slump? I'm continually baffled because here's a guy who played the entire fourth quarter, six of the first eight regular season games right. when the Miami Heat opened at seven three and were looking so good, and then all of a sudden he's not good enough anymore. I don't think they're scapegoating him because I, I'm going to put it another way. I believe that Shabazz Napier has a longer-term future here right now than any of the point guards. 
Norris Cole, as we know, will be a restricted free agent in the offseason. Clearly, if the Heat wanted him long-term, they could have done the extension by October 31st. Right. They didn't. Mario Chalmers received a very short two-year contract. So for free agency in 2016, they can use his money. I think it's all about now trying to build Napier into something. So after the season, whether he does it at the D-League level or the NBA level, they can say, can he be our point guard of the future? So really... He is very much going to school in the development league, and their thought is let him play some shooting guard, let him play some point guard, let him play on the ball, let him play off the ball. And what the NBDL is about, development, that's what it's about for him right now. And, and you mentioned this the, the beginning uh, of the season. That he played well. They started well. They had, a, I think, a, they started 5-2 and two and then I think 7-3. Mm-hmm. And they, were not, they didn't have uh, Josh McRoberts either. It's kind of the same team uh, as far as the roster goes. But what, what is so different between that team and the team right now. Well, remember, but you lost Dwayne Wade for seven games. Then you lost Chris Bosh for eight games. Then you lost all semblance of continuity. Then Eric is trying to figure out, hey, I need a center and deterrent to the rim because our defense is not what it was last year. So you're starting Chris Anderson and playing Hassan Whiteside as the first center off the bench. The Heat have never, really in the last five, six, seven years, since Alonzo Mourning and Shaquille O'Neal had a center where you could funnel guys to in the middle and they would block shots. So they are reinventing their rotation They're reinventing their defensive style. They're doing it all on the fly. The upshot of all that is you could see a situation where they are in, I'm going to phrase it this way, their third month of training camp right now. Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess so because, yeah, they're they're always constantly evolving with the uh, the starting lineup, the, the rotations. Uh, you think this is it as far as the starting line goes? This is a this is a, a good enough starting five no, for now. And, and right now, we, we've seen even with Bosch and Birdman starting, they've not been productive. They've yet to get their first win with that combination going into the Nets game and then going out on the West Coast. So I think Eric will keep working through cycles until he finds something. Looking ahead to that West Coast trip, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's a tough slate of games that that they have to play, and they're almost going to be gone almost two weeks uh, from home. It's kind of the opposite. They were here for almost two weeks. Right. And now they're going to be on the road. Uh, and do you think this actually might help the Heat, uh, you know, to, to kind of band together? Or, I mean, they, have no, they have no choice. You know, I mean, that's the thing is they have, no, they have to because when you look at the record they're taking to the West Coast and that five-game trip, and then you look at them playing the Trailblazers, as good as anyone in the West, and then playing the Clippers, a team that routed them at American Airlines Arena, right. and then going up against the Warriors, a team that did the same, they're going to have to find something because all of a sudden they're going to ride back home six, seven, eight, nine games under 500. And then all of a sudden it's not just a quality playoff seed, it's any seed, it's a 500 record. They've got to go out there against the Lakers and compete. They've got to go out against the Kings and compete. And they have to surprise you. And if they can do that and come back, they could say, okay, two weeks away, the circus was in town. We're not going to be another circus returning to town. And is, is it all up to really to Bosch and Wade, the two best players, to somehow, you know, get, get not, not get better necessarily their games, but maybe get their teammates more involved? And, and to set the tone. And again, it's interesting. Dwayne Wade is a captain. Chris Bosch isn't. Udonis Haslam is a second captain. But it has to be those two guys. Right. And it has to be those two guys. And a lot of readers, you know, have told me, and I know your readers have commented the same, that those guys aren't setting the example by making every possession offensive and defensive. We've heard it. Chris Bosh settling for jumpers. Dwayne Wade not getting back on defense. My question to them, and Chris Bosh was honest about it, after four years of playing into June, after two years, he mentioned this the other day, of going against the Spurs and playing so hard, do they still have it in them? And you know what? I would not begrudge them if they don't because it's hard. But that, this is what Pat Riley built. Pat Riley built the revised empire that Dwayne and that Chris would be the cinder blocks, would be the foundation. 
do they have it in in them for a fifth straight year of having to carry even more of a load? We will see in coming games. Right, exactly. And and I think also Lowell Deng is kind of an X factor as well because when he plays well, the team plays well. Yeah, in it. but you know what? And when they let him play well. And again, I think they could do more for him, and I feel bad for him because he hustles, he tries to make the right play. No one on this team tries to play the team precept more than he does on offense and on defense. He might look for help on defense, but it's the right help. He's moving off the ball on offense, but does he get the ball? He's the kind of guy, when it's all flowing, it flows even better. He's the kind of guy, when it's not flowing, he looks around because right. he is probably, I'm going to say honestly, the most fundamentally sound player on this roster. But if the others aren't fundamentally sound, then there's a fundamental problem. Right, and, and one of the, the, the bright spots as well has been Danny Granger's uh, play. Sure. He's looked a lot better. Uh, what have you seen in him? Uh, besides the, 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 the stronger shooting, uh, what else have you seen from him? Well, I'd say right now, honest. let's be honest. He's been what he's been in recent years. He's a one-dimensional player. He's an outside shooter. He can get some other scores. Defensively, Eric Spolster's really trying to find a place. I don't want to say to hide him, but just sort of make it not as obvious. I, he struggled a little bit the three defensively. They played him against Houston. Did not work out great at the four. That's He entered the game as a power forward. Right. So they have to fit him in. Again, he is a quality sixth man behind quality five men. So if the guys ahead of him aren't playing well, and all of a sudden you're counting as Danny Granger you know, to be your third major guy or fourth major piece, that's not what he is right now. If you're counting on him to be a complimentary piece, he would have been terrific in the previous four years right. here. He would have been that Mike Miller role, the Ray Allen role, to a degree the Shane Battier role. Now more is being asked of him. Does he have that? Yeah, and that's, that's going to be something that we're going to look forward to uh, in these next two weeks. Um, we also need to see how um, th- this bench, too, it seems to be always getting outscored by the other team's bench. Is that also kind of what you were talking about before, that the Heat are just going to get beat by more talented teams this season? You know, I hate to say it. And maybe we're going to talk again in March and in April and saying, yeah, they finally got it. But, I, I, you know, it, it's Mickey Harrison talks about playing for championships. But I think what him and Pat Riley mean is we're building something here for a championship eventually. I honestly think if you put them both on the lie detector and got them in the room, they both would say, yeah, but probably not this year. And I think when you look at the standings right now, the goal has to be just making the playoffs. So you have to say, this game we can, this game we might not be able to. We have a back-to-back against the Lakers and the Warriors. We are going to go hell-bent in the Lakers game because we know what the Warriors could be like for us on the second night of a back-to-back. Right, right. And I think that's how you're going to see that going where – uh, they'll lose a game here and there, and you but saw, and you saw that play you saw that at the end of the Rockets game. Eric admitted right. it in the, in the in the Fox post game interview when he said, "Yeah, I had to think ahead because you also have to be smart about your schedule." Right. For the Heat, it's eighty two tests this year. They have to find the forty to forty five tests out of the entire schedule where they can be competitive. The real problem is the games they gave away against the Sixers, against the Magic, mm-hmm. against the Pacers. They have to make those up with quality wins. They had one against Toronto. They had one against Dallas. Now, in the second half of the schedule that approaches, they're going to need more of those to get even. All right. Well, once again, uh, thank you so much for, for dropping by. And I hope that, you know, this grind of this season is, is, uh, is not, not weighing too heavily on you as well. Well, you know what? i got five straight days in L.A., so for once <laughs> it's going to be a decent road trip, so I'm not complaining at all. Of course, after the Blazers and Clippers game, I might be feeling different. We'll see. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right.